Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast, filled with marketing and leadership tips on launching and growing your business with your host, Deanne Mora. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Lancey. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And it's not every day that I get to speak with someone who actually is living in the same neighborhood still where they grew up in Miami. And that's that's your case, I think, is that's right. I'm hard headed, man. I don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change, D. <laughs> so you were you you're a Key Biscayne guy. You grew up there and you're raising your family there and you've made your home there. And um so what was it like uh growing up there for you? I mean, it's you know, it it, it was amazing to tell you the truth. And it's something that you just realize like in hindsight. When you're there, you know, and you're growing up, you don't know any better but over the years you know with life experiences and wherever this world takes you and living in different places like especially when I went to college and then um, you know came back from college you realize what a special place Key Biscayne is and just uh, especially for raising a family I mean think about it dude. you're 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 in the you're 15 minutes away from a global city and yet you are essentially living in a small town it's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it really does feel like another world there. It's it's pretty special. Do you have attorneys in the family or what influenced you to decide that you wanted to become an attorney? You know, we don't have any attorneys in the family. And I never even thought about it until I was in college. I, I, to tell you the truth, I was sitting around in college, didn't really know what I wanted to do or, you know, with my, with my life or what job I wanted to get once I graduated college. And <laughs> I, like a um, lot of college kids. <laughs> I know. I'm, well, yeah. And, and t- tell me about it. So, I mean, and, and along with, you know, what a lot of college kids do is just watch television. So while I was in college, I just, you know, had a lot of downtime and I'd watch a lot of law and order. And I thought, Whoa, that'd be cool, man. You know, it'd be great to be a prosecutor. It'd be awesome to, like, put bad guys in jail. Obviously, you know, it's not like that once you do get there. But, um, you know, I, I thought that would be a great a great profession. So I started studying for the LSAT, took the LSAT, and here I am. So who knew that television could have such an influence on your career? That's crazy. What an inspiration, (laughs) let me tell you. I mean, I'm telling you, TV's underrated. All those people that tell you TV's bad for you, they're lying. Should reach out to Law & Order and just let them know exactly the impact that they've had. I'm sure they'd love it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I bet. They'll be like, let's file this one away. Right, exactly. So you're sitting there in college, you're watching you're watching Law and Order, you decide to take the LSAT, and then you didn't launch your own practice right away, though. I think you went into the public defender's office. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, actually, I, I went into the, prosec- the prosecutor's office. Here in Florida, it's, you know, it's like, it, in most states, they're called district attorneys, but in Florida, they're actually called state attorneys. Um, so I was an assistant state attorney in Broward County, you know, being from my law and order inspiration, I became a prosecutor. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, I did that for four years. It really was a fulfilling job. You know, I felt like I was doing public work. I was contributing to society. I was helping the community. The only problem is, is that I'm not independently wealthy. And when you're not independently wealthy, <laughs> it's just not a sustainable job to work at the state attorney's office. 
God bless, you know, God bless those that are lifers and they could do it. It's just something I just couldn't afford, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. And so, um, I know you can't name names obviously, but can you tell me about some of those early cases? Well, I mean, listen, those cases are, it's like you start off, you start off in demeanor court. So you're, you know, and the beauty about being a prosecutor is that you go to trial a lot. So, I mean, that's where I gained all, all my trial experience. And that was in trial. I felt like every week for, for, <laughs> so, I mean, I got so much trial experience. I learned real world, uh, trial techniques, you know, I was able to hone my craft. I was also able to, to learn how to think on my feet, really, because you have to do a lot of problem solving right then in real time. And you really don't have much time to do. So starting in misdemeanor court, you know, I would be, you know, mainly the cases that end up going to trial are DUIs. So I got a lot of trial experience trying, you know, driving under the influence cases. Uh, and just to give another example, like what misdemeanors, what essentially constitutes a misdemeanor in Florida. I mean, it's anything from like driving while having your license suspended, driving uh, with no valid driver's license, having possession of cannabis, drug offenses are considered misdemeanors. Uh, so you get a lot of experience dealing with, you know, ordinary people who just had a really bad day and you have to try to find the right balance on how to punish them essentially. So it was, yeah. it was a learning experience, you know, and, and I think, I think a good learning experience was once you leave the, prosecu- the prosecutor's office to see it from the other side, because I didn't know any better while I was there. And sometimes you get a little jaded or you drink the Kool-Aid and you really don't, you're not able to, sympathize with the you know the the defendant so it it was good to leave also and just see that difference get a more balanced view i hear that with the the police sometimes that when when all you see is the bad guys you kind of start to think that the whole world is bad you know i never thought that while i was in the prosecutor's office i i think that's just my general disposition i tried to see the good in everybody and for the most part i think most everybody is good but that being said, it's it's not that you you just lose reality on what the punishment should be, and I think that's that's kind of what happened to me when I was at the prosecutor prosecutor's office. And I thought I was fair, but I felt you know now, now looking back at it now with some real world experience in the private sector, I feel like you know I I feel more in touch with how things probably should have been handled when I was a prosecutor. Sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there some lessons that when you think back to those days that you you took away from some of the more experienced attorneys that you worked with? Absolutely. You know what the reality is? You learn a lot from the other attorneys that were within the prosecutor's office. There was a handful of defense lawyers where you would learn things from. But the reality is, and I, I tell this to all young lawyers, go watch other attorneys in trial. Because the reality of the situation is you don't want to reinvent the wheel. And there's a lot of things that you can learn from watching another person in court. Now, you can't just go around stealing other people's material and you can't be another person. You have to find things that work for you. So if you watch another person in trial and it it suits your personality, it's something that would come natural to you while you're in, in trial. I do suggest that you, you, you emulate some of their tactics or some of their style their approach and, and adapt it to, yeah. to your own style while you're in court. And I think that that, 
that 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 helps a lot of young prosecutors and a lot of a lot of young attorneys. So that's one of the one piece of advice I would definitely give any trial attorneys to go watch as many cases in trial as possible. Well, that makes sense. And, you know, it's like a lot of um, uh, entrepreneurs, even when they start their own business, that if you've never gone out and done it for someone else, if you haven't worked for someone else, if you don't have that experience in another setting, it's much more difficult to be successful. So it sounds like, you know, all of the time that you spent in court has certainly helped with your private practice today. Absolutely. I mean, listen, like anything in life, you learn from other people. And you learn what to do, you learn what not to do. So when I was in the prosecutor, you know, when I was at, at, at the state attorney's office, I, I definitely learned a lot from the attorneys above me. I learned a lot from Mr. Schatz, who's a spectacular guy and, you know, who's been a state attorney for, for over, he might, he might be at 40 years, who knows, and he's retiring now at this <laughs> new election. But you learn a lot from, from all of them. And you know who else you learn a lot from? You learn a lot from the judges. But that's just, you know, that's just on how to be a lawyer. The reality is on the whole entrepreneurial stuff you hinted on, you you learn from the people that you have worked for in the past. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, so you left and you decided at that time that you wanted to start your own practice. So did you go directly into personal injury from there or was there a step in between? Well, yeah, well, what works is when I was at the state attorney's office at that point when I realized that. And I didn't want to leave. So that the last thing I wanted to do was leave the state attorney's office because I really did love the job and I really did enjoy it. Um, but I realized that I needed to make more money, especially if I wanted to get married and start a family. There was no way that I, I, I felt that I would be able to, to do that there in, you know, I would be able yeah. to do that. Just a reality check. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a big reality check. So I started looking for a job and most of the jobs that I was getting offers for were for insurance defense firms. I think there's a natural transition from, from the, you know, the state attorney's office to a defense firm to do insurance defense. But I did get an offer to start, uh, you know, to get an offer to work on the plaintiff side and I took it and that has just been made a world of difference for me. I, I was able to learn so much there on how to, help people and just deal with individuals. And I think that's where my compassion now, you know, going back to when I was a state attorney and how, you know, maybe there was a point where you could have been a little bit more lenient. You kind of learn things then. So I I really do appreciate the opportunity to work at a plaintiff's firm to do personal injury law instead of going to the insurance defense side. And I feel like I learned a lot just doing that you know working, and then you, you got know, the working for individual sounds like <laughs> yeah yeah well no that was the whole thing i mean i worked for somebody else and it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot harder working for somebody else than it is working for yourself you just think about it this way it's like when you're working for yourself you're building something for you and you're building something with others with other people that you've chosen see when you work for somebody else they chose you you didn't really choose them you chose them at True. a point you know in in the sense that it might have been a situation where it was the only opportunity well for me at least it was the only opportunity I had to get it in on the plaintiff side so I took it and I'm I mean I'm forever grateful because I did learn a lot but it's it's a lot different in 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 a lot of senses you know it's like I didn't yeah. have any time for myself I would get I couldn't even go to a doctor's appointment without getting a phone call from my old boss asking where I was and that was tough. And I realized, I realized that that's not, 
that's not a sustainable way to be living. And yeah. as much as, yeah. as much, as much as you feel like the person may change, they never do. They are who they are. So when that yep. was realized, I realized it just wasn't the right place for me. And I moved on and I couldn't have been, and I've, I've been happier since. I mean, working for myself has been one of the greatest blessings of my life. Yeah, totally, totally get that. There's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs listening who I'm sure can resonate with that as well, because nobody really likes working for someone else. That's why we all started our own business. Um, well, no, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it could be great, you know, but the reality is to be your own boss and, you know, it's just the responsibility and, and it's a different sort of stress. It's just kind of awesome. You know, you know That's that true. what you're doing is it, what you're building is for yourself and your family. And there's, there's, it's just a great, great feeling. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And so tell me how you met your partners. Well, I've known, I've known one of my partners, Danny for forever. I mean, our parents, grew up together so growing up through high school he and I were in the uh, the same grade so we always like knew one another so we became friends and over the years we kept in we kept in touch even though we went to like different schools and 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 whatnot we kept in touch and then at, at the point when I was you know going out on my own and he was going out on his own we kind of just thought maybe it'll be cool to do it together and we did and my other partner, Alex, uh, Danny and, and her had, had been thinking about going out together and starting their own business. So I kind of like, I kind of like just jumped in and butted in and <laughs> became part of it. So, and, and I'm glad, and I think they're, they're probably glad I did too. Cause uh, a lot of times I feel like I'm, I'm the person in the middle uh, mediating a lot of the air traffic control. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun when you have uh, different personalities working together. Um, oh, but, yeah. So... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I got to tell you, a lot of my personality is very similar to Alex and a lot of my personality is very similar to Danny. So I'm able to, 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 you know, like I was saying, mediate when they, yeah, when they butt heads. You know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, and there's some good synergies between the areas of law that you practice as well. I mean, you're all really about trying to fight for the little guy today. That's right. No. And I mean, you couldn't have said it better. It's we represent individuals against big corporations. And when I mean big corporations, I'm talking about insurance companies. So as you can imagine, here's a person, at least in my case, that's been injured by, you know, injured in, in, in some form of incident, you know, whether it was purposeful or not, there was some form of like negligence by some other person that's being represented by an insurance company. And that insurance company has all the resources in the world. I mean, we're talking about billion dollar corporations. Well, here I am fighting for an individual whose life changed because somebody did something stupid. And that stupidity of the other person essentially caused harm to my client. And here I am fighting against these big corporations that don't want to give my client a dollar, even though their life might have been changed forever. And it's tough. It is tough. But you know what? It's a, it's a burden I embrace. It's something that I you know love doing because I, I love helping people. I mean, I think that's just generally something that's, inside of me it's just to help people it's a great feeling when you're able to do that 
Yeah. So it's a real David and Goliath story. I mean, you're really, you know, there's, I think the, the average person doesn't even understand how their insurance works if they've been in an accident and, you know, they think that they're going to be suing the person who hit them. And it's, it's just very confusing. It is confusing. The reality is, is that you are suing the person who hit them, but their insurance carrier is the one who's going to be paying the bill, not the person themselves. Most people don't, don't understand it. And, and to be, to be fair to them, I didn't know it either. And I was an attorney. I didn't know it until I became a personal injury attorney. All right. So it's, I try to educate people and teach them about everything that, you know, that's insurance based and how these cases work because you know, nobody knows. And on top of that, most people, and if you were to poll them and you were to think about like personal injury cases, most people don't like them. They think like, Oh my God, they're scared. That could be me that somebody's suing. And then, I don't have any money to pay if somebody sues me. So they get scared. So when you educate them, you let them know, it's, no, we're not suing you personally. We're not trying to go after the money that's within your bank account. We're trying to go after the coverage, which you got to protect yourself. I that think their sense. attitudes change a little bit at that point. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what, what type of clients do you typically represent today? I generally represent just individuals, you know, anybody who's just, you know, unfortunately was involved in, in some accident and they got injured. So it could be anybody from the most well-educated, wealthy individual to a person who, who just came over here to this country and only has the car that they drive to work in. I, I, I help everybody you know, that, that needs help because their life, life has changed and they suffered some injury because of somebody else, somebody else. And is it all, is it all car accidents and motorcycle accidents or what type of uh, cases do you handle today? No, I handle, uh, I handle everything where somebody has been injured in some form. Okay. It can be anything from an auto accident, a motorcycle accident, a bicycle accident, a slip and fall. It could be anything from being like sexually abused by someone in a location which didn't offer the proper protection for people that may have suffered that abuse or that injury, you know? So hmm. it could be in a place where it could be in a facility where they didn't have enough security and they knew that they should have had security there. And as a result of that, an individual gets injured. So there's just so many aspects towards personal injury law. And that's why I always tell everybody, listen, if you're injured and you don't know what to do, just give me a call. I can figure it out. Research it, yeah. <laughs> I can research it for you and let you know if there's something there. So having your own practice, you're also an entrepreneur. So what are, tell me about the most important lessons that you've learned about having your own business. Well, the most important lesson that I've learned about having my own business is that you just got to, you got to work hard. And when I mean you got to work hard, you're always on. It's hard to like <laughs> get away and just say, I am going to completely disconnect from the world for a week. That's just not sustainable. You can't do that. You always need to be available <laughs> to your clients. And that's okay because the reality is they hired you because they believe in you and they hired you to protect them. So if somebody's trying to get a hold of you and they need to talk to you, you need to be available. 
And I, I think as an entrepreneur, you need to constantly be hustling. I think some, I, I read it and I think it was like a rapper by the name of Gucci Mane that I saw wrote, wrote <laughs> great, a tweet. Great source of entrepreneurial advice. Yeah, <laughs> who wrote a tweet, who wrote, who wrote a tweet and it's just perfect and it's the right thing. Nobody cares, work harder because that's the truth. You have to work hard. If you're having a tough year, you're not making ends meet, you know what? Your friends may feel bad for you, but at the end of the day, they don't care. They're like, work harder, figure it out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's what it's about. So uh, the whole entrepreneurship, it's great. You just got to keep hustling and you got to keep evolving because if you don't, the whole profession, your whole firm will just go slip on by. It's funny, you know, a lot of people, I think, who aren't entrepreneurs, they, they view entrepreneurs as being workaholics, but it's not the same as if you're being a workaholic in, in, a, in corporate America or in a corporate law firm. It's, it's your passion. So I think that's why it's so hard for us to turn it off. I know. You know what it is, too? I mean, anytime that you're in the entrepreneur, you know, uh, anytime you are an entrepreneur, I know, like, for you, and, and I'm a lot like this, too, we're here to help people. So if someone's yeah, calling absolutely. you and, and you can help you pick them up in the any way, you're there, you're there to pick up the <laughs> yep. phone, you know? Absolutely. And that's, I tell people that all the time. One of the most important things in being an entrepreneur is pick up your phone, call people back, stay in touch. If you do that, you'll be, you'll be successful. I think that that's 80% of it, being available. I think that's great advice. Be, yeah. be an approachable human. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Um, and then, so as a as a leader, what what strategies have you found have worked well for you as you've grown your your practice? So you know, you're obviously you're managing a growing team. You started out with just the three of you um, as partners, and now I know when I visit your office, there's a whole bunch of people in there. So you're right. you're growing, and you guys are are doing well. You're you're being successful. So what what are some of the things that you've learned as a leader? Well, you know, the reality is, and I think I took this, I took this uh, from Jimmy Johnson, who was like a coach for the University of Miami. And he was also a, a coach for the Dallas Cowboys and just recently got elected into the Professional Football Hall of Fame. He, he used to always say, you can't treat everybody the same. And I totally, totally believe that. Everyone's different what works for one person does not work for the other. So you need to be able to treat people the way they need to be treated for them to succeed. So while some people need encouragement and you, you got to give them the encouragement If some people need you to push them, you need to push them. So it's very important for you as a leader to identify, you know, your employees personalities and, and adjust accordingly. Because if you don't, it's just not going to work out at your, at your firm. You need to find people that are, going to, that are going to be able to work there and work properly at the firm. I think that's great advice. You know, treat every, recognize that everyone's an individual and they have different motivations and you know, different aspirations. And, um, and just being able to accommodate, I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah. so thinking back to when you were growing up, if you knew then what you know now, um, you know, if you knew that you were going to be 
an attorney back when you were a kid riding your bike around Key Biscayne, is there anything that you would have done differently to better prepare you for running your own practice? I don't know, to tell you the truth. That's a very good question. I don't think that if I look back at it when I was a kid, if there's anything I could have done, maybe off the top of my head is just be more engaged with everybody. Keep in touch with people that you grew up with constantly, you know, make that phone call to one of your friends while you're, you're in the car ride home just to keep in touch. So I think maybe that's probably one thing you could have done is just be, you know, when I was younger, if you to be an entrepreneur, I think the smart thing would have been is just to, to keep in touch with all your friends. I think that's mm. probably the only thing I, I that one piece of advice I could I could give. That makes a lot of advice the network, or, right? It's not advice, right? It's, it's just like what experience. I was experience. Yeah, <laughs> applying something. your experience. <laughs> we'll take yeah. it as advice. I actually think it is good advice. It's you know build your network. Don't lose touch with your network because somehow See, there you go. You're putting all the technical connect, terms right? together. I See, love it. That's what go. I meant. I know. Build that's the right. network. I love build it. Build the network. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, Monty, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've, I've learned a lot. It's um, you've shared, I think some great advice to, to younger attorneys who are thinking of starting their practice. And, and I think to younger entrepreneurs in general who are looking to, to launch their own business, I think there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in, in your experience. So definitely appreciate you being on with me today. No, nah, man, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You made me, you made me think about things I never even think about. So it's all good. <laughs> that's, that's my job. That's what I do. <laughs> Have a great day, Monty. Thanks. You too, Diane. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye.